welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 238. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Mm. With me, as always, is Henry. Hi, Henry. Mm. He's busy drawing. You can't see it, but he is drawing... Mm. Uh, I won't say what it is, but he's drawing something representative of the story mm. that he has for us today. But we'll get to that later, because first, the news. No real news this week, because absolutely nothing has happened in the world. But I did get some feedback to recent comments that I have made on this show. That's right, in these turbulent political times, the great issues of the day have come back to bite Atari Bites. No, not President Trump's corona policy. No, not the bombings in Beirut. No, not the issue of how we're going to open schools safely. No, the big issues that we have to grapple with right now are my opinions about quiche and spam. Now, on recent episodes, I questioned whether people still eat quiche. And last week I told you that I was, in fact, told that uh, very loudly and with great gusto that, yes, in fact, people do eat quiche, even though it's not the 1980s, and I should just shut up about it. The people were actually nicer than that. But I also commented and threw out the question, do people eat spam? I see commercials for it all the time. I have been in southern Minnesota where I see billboards for the Spam Museum. I've never actually been to the Spam Museum, although I was at the, uh, what is it, the Aviator something museum once many, 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 many years ago which I think is like next door, but for some reason I didn't go to the Spam Museum, even though I wanted to. Maybe they were closed or something. I don't know. But I've never actually seen anyone eat Spam. I've never held a can of Spam in my hand. I've certainly never opened one. I've never seen a can of Spam. No, Henry's lived a sheltered life where he also has never experienced Spam. So I threw out the question, do people really eat this? And apparently they do. I heard back from Ferg. Hi, Ferg. Over there at the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast, which you already knew. He tweeted at me a picture of a can of Spam sitting there on his kitchen counter. Jim Fullerton, hi Jim, also tweeted at me that he lives Spam. And then he corrected himself that he in fact loves Spam. Ugh, Jim actually felt compelled to tell me that he eats this stuff sliced straight straight out of the can on bread with cheese. Oh my god. Never done the breakfast Spam thing. Okay, here's the thing. When I see the commercials for Spam, and they show the person cooking some in his eggs, it actually looks kind of good. But I can't imagine just taking the stuff out of the can and putting it on a piece of bread. I do enjoy me some ham and eggs. And I suppose the Spam, even though it's got the secret seven herbs and spices, or whatever. uh, So it doesn't quite taste like ham. It kind of looks like ham. I can't imagine eating that stuff out of the can. I am a meat eater. I'm not a vegetarian. I am a meat eater. But... Spam, I question whether it's real meat. I know I'm going to get yelled at for that. We're talking about a controversial subject. We are talking about a very controversial subject. That is true, Henry. But you know what? On this show, we take risks, right? We grapple with the, the Who controversial cares if issues. we get taken down? <laughs> Who cares? That's right. We are willing to, to... This is the hill we're willing to die on. Cause, we're not that far. <laughs> oh, all right. Henry's not willing to go that far. The concept of canned meat... 
kind of grosses me out a little bit. Don't they have to add a lube or like a lubricant <laughs> to get it in the can? That's the thing, Henry. That's where I that's where I get off the this canned meat train because they got to put something in there to make it to help preserve it, and I don't know what that something is. So yeah, so it, it, I have had family members who are all about the canned meat, and it's like no, no, just no. I saw once on a cooking show on Food Network. I think it was Guys Grocery Games. Yeah. Shout out, sorry, shout out to Guys Grocery Games if you want to sponsor the show. Um, sorry. Um, I think it was, a, it was somewhere on Food Network, but I think it was on Guys Grocery Games. Oh, yeah. It was on Cutthroat Kitchen. Okay. I saw it on Cutthroat Kitchen. It was like a small chicken, and it was, it was a full body of it. It was like a full body of a chicken it was like a it was like a full chicken but without the like neck and head and it was like all slimy with like lubricant or something to preserve it and to get it in the can and the can is like this round he's he's making his fingers into the uh, circle and, of a uh, shape of like a circle the chicken was like this round yeah just slightly a smaller circle and uh and it the the whole chicken it was a whole chicken Whole dead chicken. I like, hope it was dead. But without the neck and head and without like the feathers and stuff. Other than that, it was intact and it was all slimy and all of it was in a can. Yeah, see, that just, just kind of grosses me out a little bit. And they had to cook with it. I'll be honest, I'm here, I'm going to invite some more controversy. I'm not crazy about canned food in general. Like, I, I mean, like meat in particular, but like the, the canning things. Yes, I eat peas out of a can and whatever, but like the canning thing of food just weirds me out a little bit. And then when you go to meat, stick that in a can. I'm just done at that point. So I appreciate that you guys like the spam. You know, more power to you. Just don't invite me over for dinner, I guess. Do you have any more thoughts about spam, Henry? No. All right. I also heard from Paul Daly. Hi, Paul. He emailed to say, I really enjoy your Atari Bytes podcast. Thanks, Paul. Had a question. Did I miss it, or have you not covered Hero? That was one of my favorite. Uh, that was one of my favorites. Another really good one I haven't heard yet is Demon Attack. Both were for the 2600. Hopefully, you can get in, uh, get to those eventually. Thanks for the email, Paul. Hero, I'm sure I've not done on the show. I had to go back and look because I thought I had done Demon Attack, but I went through back, went through the entire list of episodes, and it's not there. I did Demons to Diamonds which is not the same thing. So I will make sure to get Hero and Demon Attack, uh, which I've, both of which I've heard of. I just haven't done them on the show. I will try to get them on the list to play them eventually. If anyone else has ideas for games they would like to see, let me know. And as always, we're happy to have your email tell you how to contact us at the end of the show. All right. Story time? What? Is this story time? No, we got to tell people about the game first. Henry's very eager to get the story time today. But first, this week's game is Fun with Numbers, Atari 1977. That's right, this one, the original nine. It also goes by the title Basic Math. Yeah, it's for little kids, and it says, and also goes by the title of Basic Math. Yeah, it has double digit addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. Yeah, so, I mean, there is an instruction manual, but really all it is, it's, it's math problems. 
Yes, they put a timer on it, either 12 or 24 seconds. But you can't, you don't really, can't, you don't at a time you can see. And right. you're not going to be counting as you're thinking about a math problem. Well, right. There's no timer on the screen. I, there's some audio that, that kind of suggests uh, a time limit. And then there's a little, I don't think I'd call it a buzzer, but a little sound that chimes in if you run out of time. Uh, the different games are not really levels. They're either, you know, you get multiplication, division, subtraction, or, or uh, addition. What else? Yeah, you can do single-digit numbers or double-digit numbers. No algebra, no calculus, no trigonometry, none of that. This is basic math. This is for little kids or... No quantum physics. Big kids like me who haven't done, who don't do a lot of math without a calculator. Yeah, no quantum physics either, Henry. You're right. If you sit there waiting for some uh, spaceships or robots or something to blow up, uh, you're going to be waiting a long time because there's none of that. The sounds you get, which you'll hear in the field report, are basic little chimes, little beeps and uh, whatnot. It's basically different kind of clock ticking. Yeah, and ticking clocks, exactly. That's, that's what I was looking for. So it's really only a game in the academic sense, which is good because with no school, I guess, if we can get our academics somewhere, that's all the better. I covered all of that kind of math. And I covered all that kind of math from the grades kindergarten to fifth. Yeah, this is old hat for Henry. He's an old timer now. I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast, all about life lessons growing up, and every episode, a segment about music. Music that I love, artists that I admire, and sometimes even my own music. You can find Autobiography of a Schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers, or you can go to schnookpodcast.com. That's S-C-H-N-O-O-K podcast.com. And I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way. So, Basic Math, a.k.a. Fun with Numbers, which is a better name, if a bit misleading, because there's no, there's no game element to this. It's just doing math problems on a TV screen. Developed by Gary Palmer from Atari Inc., one of the original nine launch titles offered when the 2600 went on sale in September of 77. Reviewed in Video Magazine as part of a general review of the Atari VCS, it was described as, quote, very basic, with reviewers drolly noting that the controls of this game may be a little more complicated than the actual problems, and the game was scored a 5 out of 10. It's interesting that this was reviewed, you know, at the same time as this brand new amazing thing for the time, Atari VCS was out, and the best that they could say about this game was, eh, it's basic. They were all, they were so bored with this brand new game that they couldn't even say anything nicer than that about it. So that kind of gives you an idea what you're in for. I still can't get over how the cover art, which we don't talk about a lot on the show, but it seems relevant to mention here. It's got all these, you know cute little creatures and rainbows and a lake and some sort of a sea monster looking thing uh, and a giant frog so you expect that 
it's really going to be, you know, like a, like a fantasy game kind of thing. But no, it's just math problems. It's just a math problem with a solid color background. The Retroist observed on uh, in their review that the name tells you pretty much everything you need to know about the title. It is bit math and it is very basic. I wouldn't call multiplication. I wouldn't call double digit multiplication and division basic. Basic math is about teaching very young people basic math, which it does uh, rather ably according to the review. The game weighs only 2K and you are using a joystick. Uh, it, it teaches math ably, even though it only weighs 2K and you're using a joystick. Even though it does the job, I think Atari could have added some fun numbers or math games to give the game replayability or increase its age range. Basic math is what I thought of as a gift killer as a kid. The type of gift you get when you ask a well-meaning relative to get you a game for your brand new console. They want to get you what you want, but they can't help but try to make it more virtuous. That's how had quantum physics and basic math. <laughs> That's how a request for Night Driver becomes basic math. Or asking for Zork becomes a Bible trivia game. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's kind of what we have here. But we had to play it anyway. So, after the break, does one game plus one story add up to fun? Let us count the ways. It's still the middle of August, so since the kids can't go back to school yet, and things are kind of, you know, up in the air as far as what that's going to look like, we thought we would give you our idea of what online school could look like, potentially. Are you excited, Henry? Henry's not excited. We're playing fun with numbers. Fun is right in the name, Henry. You should be excited. All right, let's get this over with. Bye-bye, blue screen. Atari Interactive. No, no, we're not playing tic-tac-toe, though that might be preferable. Hey, there it is. Right, right there in the name. Isn't that a lovely picture? You got the front of the box there. Can I see my hand? Here's my hand. You know, it's lots of colors, lots of characters and things. This is going to be exciting. I can't wait. One plus one. One time, one plus nine. Thank you, Henry. Alright, we're doing addition problems. Uh, so much pressure. Yes! Where are the colorful characters and the music? if I intentionally get it wrong. It just yells at me and shows me the right answer. Just kind of like work, what work is like. Let's see. Let's do some, uh, let's do some, how do we switch it to like multiplication problems? There's some subtraction. We'll do some subtraction. rocket ship comes in and blows up everything up. Right, there's multiplication. Ooh. 
have. Yes! here and wait for the uh, robots to come out. Because this is an Atari game, there's got to be some robots. Alright, let's look for a, there's probably like a pre-calculus or a algebra or something. Whoa. Now we're talking. Now it's a party. Holy crap. you non-math people. Thank you, Henry. You got tired of waiting for me. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going fast enough for Henry. It's bugging him. I know, I was checking the recorder thing. Algebra problems yet, and I'm having way more fun than I should with this game. All right. All right. Well, that is fun with numbers. I hope you had fun, because the rest of the show is probably gonna suck. Back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Car by Car podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast, but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks.
So, here's the thing about fun with numbers, or basic math. I actually like the title fun with numbers, because it's more fun to say, and it suggests that there's actually going to be some fun involved. It's a lie. It's, <laughs> wow. I was just about to say, what did you think of this game, Henry? I think you've already kind of told me. Hold on, I'm about to go all Mason on your butt. <laughs> Get ready. The name fun with numbers is immaterial, is irrelevant, is irrelevant and immaterial. Dang, it's irrelevant and immaterial? Yeah. Wow. What would you call this game, Henry? If you had to give this game a name, what would you call it? Objection. <laughs> now, all right, you let's... You are leading the witness. Let's say, I mean, you're 11, so this is obviously, this is way below your... As far as you know, yeah. Your skill level. Hold on. As far as I know what? That you're 11? Yeah. I'm pretty sure you're 11. Okay. What are you, like 30? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Wow, we're learning something today. It's blowing my mind a little bit. Let's say, though, you had a little brother or a little sister who's like five. Would you set him in front of this game for a little bit? The five. Yeah. Just, just pretend. You don't actually have a little brother or a little sister. But if you did, and you're like, you know, you want to teach him about video games, would you sit him down to play this one? The five. The, <clears throat> the, the five and probably going in the kindergarten. They don't know how to do math. Well, that's what I'm saying. Would you set them down in front of this game so that they could have some fun with numbers? Would they stay in front of them? I don't know. That's what I'm asking you. Do you think they would? I don't know. All right. Henry's not sure. I think... No. Honestly, I don't think they would. I think the kid would sit there for a couple of minutes, and even though they're five, would have the same reaction they did. They'd be like, where's the spaceships? When do I get to zap things with my laser? You know? Yeah, they would see the... They would see the the cover. They would see the cover for the game. Well, and they would see the name "Fun with Numbers," and then they would be depressed because they didn't get what they wanted. So, all right, how old were you when you started doing double-digit math? Like either first or second. Was it first maybe? or second? So you were older than five by then. Yeah, I don't know. I think this might even be. Younger than five, this might be like uh, maybe not three year olds, maybe five. Maybe that is about the right age range for this game. But again, it's not really a game, it's just math problems. I guess and the if novelty. It's for, if it's for younger kids, like five year olds, why does it have multiplication and division? Well, I don't know. That's a good question. If I was, in, if I was five in 1977, I wasn't much older than that. That you would be six. Yes, I would have been, well, yeah. In 1977, I was six years old. If in 1977. Uh, go ahead and do the math. You can figure out how old I am then. From ni- um, 19, if in if 1977, this day, you would be six. And I don't remember the first time I actually saw Atari. I know it was my brothers who had Atari first before I did. But when I went to their house, and I don't know if it was in 77 or if it was later, but probably wasn't much later than that. I didn't play fun with numbers. I played Pitfall and... And Space Invaders and uh, the hockey game that they had and stuff. I didn't care about... I wouldn't have gone to this one. I would have gone to Pitfall. Didn't you have your own Atari console? Eventually. But the first time I played it was at, like, Uncle Jeff's. Yeah. So, suffice to say, if you want a game that just does math, this is the game for you. If you want a game that does math in a fun way... This uh, is not the game for you. Look, Look somewhere else.
It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time. With Bill. Henry, do you have a story this week? Yes. Hold on, folks. Henry actually has a story this week. I have not heard this story, so buckle up. We'll see I what we get. I have not let you see it. All right. It's only one page. Okay. But it's dark. Awesome. We like dark on this show. Oh, yeah. Shut up. Wow. All right. He's positioning the microphone. He is ready to rock, everybody. It was a dark, dark night. Really, dude? Said Gorgelius. What? It's a good start to a story, said Gorga. Gorgelius looked over at the TV. Hey, look at the news, said Gorgelius. They both looked over at the TV. We're being attacked by alien numbers. So everyone, stay in your house, said the news lady. Whoa, alien numbers, cool, said Gorgo. A strange whistling story. Do you hear that, Gorgo? Said Gorgelius. Yeah, said Gorgo. Numbers crashed through the roof and landed with a cute little squeak. They're not mean, said Gorgo. And then, like a flipper switch, all numbers turn into big, ugly devil numbers with teeth and claws like daggers. The numbers started running toward, running at the boys. Gorgelius and Gorgo and Gorgelius started screaming, and then it all went silent. To be continued. Wow. <coughs> to be continued. What happens in part two? I wrote that. All right. Fair enough. Even though we're going to be done with fun with numbers after today, will you tell us when you write part two? Sure. Okay. I do it on the next. Because you left people hanging, bro. You can't, you know, they got to know what happens next. I do it next week. All right. You heard it here, folks. The the further adventures of Gorgelius next week on the podcast. Gorgo and Gorgelius. Gorgo and Gorgelius. Excuse me. We can find out what happened to them as a special bonus story time section. So mark your calendars, everybody. All right, well, my story comes from Bad Poetry Corner. It is titled, Numbers Are Dumb. Numbers are dumb. Let me count the ways. Yes, I see the irony there, and I don't care. For too long, numbers have gotten a free ride. They're numbers. Price them like it. Make them work. What's dumb about them, you asked? Here we go. One is the stupidest number. Look at it. It's all like, I'm number one. Stuff always comes first to it. One is arrogant, too, and its cockiness rivals even stupid number two. Because, for all one's problems, number one at least denotes we, while our friend number two stands for something much more stinky. Three. Such a clunky number. You came in third. Third wheel. The first three digits, a useless trio. Intense hatred is all I feel. Four. An even number, to be sure. Even, as in level. As in boring. Let me lay out all four corners. Hey, stop that. I hear you snoring. The only good five is a fifth of gin. Why group anniversaries and all with hall monitor five? Five fingers, sure. That's no excuse. With him around, heart staying alive. Six sounds like sex, but much less fun. Adds up to only half dozen. So, so lame. Six a.m., much too early. Six lovers? I won't play your game. Seven is a liberal hoax. They scream out, lucky number, indeed. 
Seventh heaven, they'll tell you, means great joy. To soft-headed ruin, seven leads. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Not looking at you, number eight. Truth hurts. Kidding. Truth is great. Dress to the nines is a thing people say. To cover the nine millimeter ick of having nine in your way. And there's zero. Let's all sneer. Oh, our dear zero, heroic nullifier. But zero is literally a hole. Props self next to one for ten. Liar. Hi, this is 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton, from the Into the Vertical Blank Generation Atari podcast. And you are listening to the incomparable William Pepper and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes podcast. When you are done here, come visit us in the Vertical Blank. Now, back to Bill. And that's our show. Thanks always to Kevin, or Kevin. Thanks always to Henry for joining us this week. And, dude, thanks for the story. Yeah. We are really looking forward to the next installment of that story. Mm-hmm. So let us know when you have it. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Competech.com for Creative mm-hmm. Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. Head on over to Apple Podcast now and leave a 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 plus 5 star review of this show. Email the show at AtariBytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at AtariBytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, look us up on Instagram. And don't forget, you can call us. We're not going to answer the phone. But you can leave a voicemail at 563-265-1978 about really every, anything you want. Pretty much. We'll probably play it on the show. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com for information, links, social media for this podcast, as well as my other show, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown. You can also find info and links to some places that you can order books that I've written, like Misery Banana. Consider supporting the show financially by becoming a subscriber on the Atari Bytes Patreon page. What are you going to get for your efforts other than this weekly podcast? Well, you'll get episodes early, possibly. Or at the $3 level, you get bonus content. That's right. Every once in a while, we put up extra stuff that you don't get on the regular episodes. Like, for example, the videos of our field reports. We also, although it's been a long time since we did one, uh, we do reviews of the weird cartoon series, Pac-Man the Ghostly Adventures. Maybe later in this month we'll do another one of those. And occasionally there's other weird stuff up there too. So uh, if you subscribe... We sometimes do board games. And occasionally we do board games too. So we may do another one of those at some point. Uh, You never know what it'll be. But you can get access to all that stuff at the $3 level as a Patreon supporter. Or higher, if you like. We have patrons already... Some misguided folks who have subscribed, like Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, Sean Courtney, and Aerospike. As always, we really appreciate you guys doing that. All right, do you have anything else you want to talk about before I tell them what's going on next week? No. In addition, possibly, to the promised second installment of, was it Gorgo and Gorgelius? Yeah. Is that the name of the story? I don't remember. Did you give a title to the story? No. Okay. We'll just say, for shorthand, Gorgo and Gorgelius. Who knows? May have a different title next week. Next time on Atari Bytes, Gravatar. This is a big name, I think. I don't remember what this game is, honestly, but it's a name that I've heard a lot. So I'm assuming you guys will be excited or angry, I don't know, depending on what the reputation of this game is, for Gravatar and all the stuff that comes with it next week on the podcast. 
So, until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.